And now, it's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. From horse manure to the Stanley Cup Finals, what a ride it has been for a veteran Dallas Stars team that relies on a blend of young talent, playoff experience, and a 34-year-old goaltender playing the best hockey of his life. However, they are going up against a very tough opponent that is highly motivated to right the wrongs of previous playoff failures. That would be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Can they do it? Even without Steven Stamkos, the Lightning are very deadly. And lastly, who will take home playoff MVP honors? Episode 237 of the Lace Em Up podcast starts right now. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. And I'm Brett Dubuff. The Lone Star State against a hockey team from Florida that is very, very good, Brett. Uh, shaping up to be a great Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, it's actually a lot more exciting than I thought it would be. Or I, I remember early on or when the conference finals were happening, people were just like, oh, I can't wait for Vegas and um, Tampa. And then, you know, meanwhile, Dallas has kind of, uh, kind of been a, a pretty exciting team, um, kind of under the radar now. So mm-hmm. I, I yeah. originally, I think at the start of the year when we did our regular season previews and we did our way too early predictions for the cup finals, uh, I'll check back my notes to confirm, but I'm pretty sure I predicted Vegas and Tampa in the final. Uh, so okay. um, I, I just because those are the teams that I really thought had a very good chance to go this deep and compete. But, right. yeah, it, Dallas just seems like a team of destiny. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we'll get into that for, uh, we'll get into that a, a little later. But first, we're going to talk, we're going to give an obituary to the two teams that were eliminated this week. Um, and we'll start off with the team that uh, I think both of us had going, uh, I had them, going to the Stanley Cup Finals um, originally, and you had them, I think you had them winning. Um, so, so yeah, we have, uh, so we're going to start off with Vegas. Um, yeah, it seemed like, I guess after, the, it feels like the consensus is, or after talking to a couple of people, it's that, like, Vegas kind of stopped, um, like, they were stumped by Thatcher Demko in the previous round. Um, and then they just could never get anything going in this round um, against yeah. Dallas, and um, like they were just shooting, like they were shooting a lot, but they just um, they weren't shooting like good shots. They were just shooting just for the sake of it, um, and that's not good. <laughs> um, I mean, it's obviously you want to shoot more than the other team, but um, if they're not good quality shots, then yeah. Quantity yeah. versus quality, exactly, right? Like exactly. we've said it a lot of the times, and it seems like the team with the most quality more often than not wins the game. Of course. So, um, yeah, that's advanced statistics for everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, be, yeah. Speaking of uh, speaking of definitions that are probably like trending every single night, and it seems like advanced stats and analytics, like those terms have just been overblown in not just hockey, but like all of sports now. Uh, Right, right, right. I mean, we haven't really had a discussion about advanced statistics, and I think... um, We we don't go too deep into those on our program. Mostly because I find it a little bit complicated. (laughs) I don't know how how they calculate and all that stuff, so... 
it's fascinating. I yeah. just can't. It's kind of cool. Like I get, I guess I understand it, but it's 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 hard to like grasp without the form. And like the average hockey fan, like probably doesn't think much of it either. You right. know, they yeah. just look at who won the game, who got more goals. Right, right, right. Of course, and but like I think there is like something to like, yeah, like there like there are some teams that get lucky and um and stuff like that and there is something to like if you're if you're good at advanced statistics then you should probably be a good team um and you're just unlucky if you're not performing well um however there is also like the eye test that also should be uh taken into account as well it's not just like if everything was going by stats then um that would be um you know hockey would be less fun Yeah, Um, and, like, you can't measure, like, playoff heart and determination and just the will to win. Like, those don't appear on advanced stats. Right, right, true. Um, Although those are more intrinsic things, but Mm -hmm. like, every... And and Vegas has some of those qualities that just seem like Dallas outmatched them. Yeah, anyways, I don't know how we got going on that. Anyways, (laughs) Um, yeah, so it, it seemed like that was just basically it is that the Vegas just tried to they tried to outshoot um Dallas and they did but sometimes that just doesn't translate into wins um and they just couldn't get by that point um and you even mentioned it uh for your preview for the conference finals was that if Vegas continues to do what they were doing for Vancouver towards the end there they're not going to win any games, or they're they're going to struggle, and yeah, and that's exactly my, my what happened. Exact, uh, my exact breakdown was: if they think what they did in round two is going to work in round three, they're wrong, and they need to raise their game a level. And I don't think they raised it high enough. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, okay, so um, in terms of the off season, they're not in too bad shape. Um, they have. Uh, well, I mean, obviously they have Robin Leonard. There was a report that they may have extended him, but that, I guess, Robin Leonard denied it. So that maybe there's going to be an extension sometime soon, but um, because I think Leonard just said, like, you know, that's that's false, but, um, you know, he's just focusing on the playoffs at the moment, and then they'll decide from there but I could see you know it it wasn't like so surprising that they decided to re-sign him um so that may happen uh sometime this week um we'll see um and yeah that's the only main UFA that they have to sign really um the other thing that I've noticed though from like an organizational standpoint is is that like their two best centers are, or their two top centers are William Carlson and um, Paul Stasny, and they're okay. But I feel like that would be something that they should address in the future. Um, is maybe tr- like get a better center. Like they do have Cody Glass in the system. Peyton Krebs might take another more year um, or two, and he might be ready then. But like, you already have good wingers with Mark Stone, Max Petretti, Jonathan Marchessault, and even Riley Smith at parts. And Alex Tuck had a, had a pretty good playoffs as well. So you're good on the wing, but I feel like the center uh, position needs to be addressed. Um, even maybe the defenseman 
need to be addressed as well. But I think the center stuff needs to be addressed even more further. I think what happened with Vegas also is that they got caught in their ways a little bit. Like in year one, they go straight to the finals. They're just like, oh, you know, our method of hockey, no one's no one's figured it out. This can work right. for us every single year. And I think this was the point, not last year, where that five-minute major cost them because that was just poor timing. Uh, this year, I think, in the tail end of the Vancouver series – and even more so against the Dallas Stars series where um, it was really costing them. And again, a lot of the games were close. They weren't getting blown out of the water. Um, they were just doing whatever. They ran into a hot goalie. But, like, you ran into a hot goalie with the Vancouver series, ran into a hot goalie in, in this series. And even in round one, Corey Crawford was playing out of his mind and doing everything he could and stole a game for them. Right uh, for the Blackhawks, so it, it's it's just like if it happens more than once, maybe something's wrong, and you need to adjust. And that is going to be the key for Vegas: is how are they going to adjust? How are they going to change things to ensure they don't get a repeat of what happened in this year's playoffs? Because they, no doubt, have the talent, they have the depth, they have the goaltending to go deep in the playoffs. They've shown us that this is the second time in three years of their existence they've made the Western Conference Finals. And tip of the hat to them. How are you going to adapt and figure out and change things up a bit when teams are thinking, okay, I think we're starting to figure out these guys and what they're trying to do here. And it's it's something more than just running into a hot goalie if it happens more often than not. And um, there's this Twitter account, uh, Sinbin Vegas, I believe it's called. Yeah. And like running behind it um, is pretty intertwined with the, with the Vegas media. Um, I think he interacts with the players a little bit as well. And there was this post that, and, he, and I think he does this with every game. He reacts to every single game, win, lose, or draw, even though there are no draws in hockey anymore. Um, but he, he does reaction for every video. And after Vegas' season ended, um, he posted a video titled, Let's Talk About the End. And it goes on for like 45 to 50 minutes. And he breaks down a lot of areas that Vegas needs to improve on. And... Um, it's not necessarily all about the players. It's a lot of behind-the-scenes baloney that he's noticed that Vegas needs to work on. Uh, for example, Eric Holla. Uh, maybe we mentioned it at the time of the trade, but we're going to mention it now anyway. Um, a few days before Eric Holla's wedding, Eric Holla was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. And his wedding was going to be in Vegas, and his Vegas teammates were going to be there. And a few days before the wedding, they uh, ask him to come to the rink, which he does. They deactivated his pass. He didn't know, so he's just basically scanning his pass, and it's just getting flat rejected. After many failed attempts, security finally decides to let him in, and only then he finds out, uh, yeah, you're being traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. Right. This days before his wedding, like as human beings, as players, like that's just a gut punch, you know, Ap after, you know, imagine him just like, you know, going from a team that's just like, yeah, you can take this guy if you want. 
Um, and and we'll we'll give you Alex Tuck if if you draft there Arcala as well. Like just going from that to you know a situation where they where his team goes to the finals, they're just like, yeah, I'm on a finally. I'm I'm on a team where like I feel wanted and and I'm and I'm playing pretty well, and then the injuries um, in, in the first half of the of his second season in Vegas kind of derailed his season, and but but you know they hadn't given up on me. I'm ready to prove myself next year, and then just to go in the in that situation, have your past deactivate deactivated, then you let in by security. Where they where they give it to you gently, yeah, you're not on the team anymore. Like, what a punch in the face that must be. And it's that kind of behind the scenes drama that could get into Vegas's way. And they need to realize how good they have it. Yeah. Three years into their existence, you have trade deadline acquisitions coming in, willing to sign long term deals guys that are willing to play for you even though you're a relatively new team and they're excited about vegas and the fans and all this and state-of-the-art building everything you could possibly want just three years in your existence and this behind the scenes drama is linked to credibility and we have seen many years with the new york islanders where lack of credibility gets you we have seen many years with the Arizona Coyotes franchise what lack of credibility gets to you. We're seeing right now with the Ottawa Senators, you know, I was going there, Brett, what lack of credibility gets you. Right. They can avoid the lack of credibility if they smarten up and they don't and they don't do the stupid crap behind the scenes to players. Like treat everyone as family, be on the same page, and yes, plan to win. But do it the right way, because doing this kind of stuff, eventually there's going to be a big name player that you're going to go after, and they're just going to be like, yeah, I'm going to sign somewhere else. Right. And then more players are going to do that as well if that keeps up. So I think they need to work on their image off the ice as well a little bit, not just on it. Yeah, I, that, that is a good point, and I somehow knew you were going to bring up Hala and stuff. Um, yeah, I think there is that that stuff, too, and especially with, like, the Leonard news as the well. The Leonard Fleury stuff. And, yeah, and, all and, that and, You know stuff. what, the, it's not generated by the players, but, like, there, yeah. there's, there's stuff going on there that's just, like, it's not as simple as burying the hatchet. Like, it's, right. it's going to be either one or the other. Right, right. Okay. Um, yeah, and yeah, I I think that is a good point. But just in terms of like on play on the ice, they do need to address the centers and the defensemen as well, and and maybe resign Leonard. Um, might not be the end of the world. I know it's probably gonna anger Flurry, but um, I think Leonard is probably makes the most sense just for the future of the franchise to to. And you them. know what? That that's probably what I I think that's the wisest thing to yeah. do like to begin with from a performance standpoint but with all this behind the scenes drama with flurry i don't think they can go back and undo that so yeah, i think what they're gonna do is sign leonard trade flurry get another backup and take a run at alex petrangelo yeah that's, i think they that's go after a big name free agent defenseman and yeah. trading away flurry's cap hit could help them do that 
Maybe they go for Tory Krug too. That that would be interesting. If too. they don't get Petrangelo, yeah, but I think they need a more all-around defenseman because I feel like Tory Krug is Shea Theodore. He's another Shea Theodore. Yeah, I, they, I, they know, need an all-around defenseman. defenseman. Yeah, I could see that, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that if that happens. Yeah. Um, okay. Um. All right, so now let's talk about the New York Islanders. They were the uh, the last team to be eliminated from the qualifiers, so that's something to be proud of. And they far exceeded everyone's expectations, too. And Yeah, went farther than the Leafs ever could. Yeah, exactly. So um, so that's, that's good on them, and it, I think everyone was like, they weren't shocked that they lost to the Lightning. Uh, the Lightning are a really good team, so... Um, mm-hmm. it's not like super surprising, but, um, at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, they, they, you know, they, they were like one of the hottest teams in this bubble, but, uh, they just couldn't go through there. So, um, in terms of the future, they don't have too many free agent, the UFAs to worry about, I guess, other than Matt Martin and Derek Broussard, um, but they could live without him, but on the RFA, oh, and Thomas Grice as well, mm-hmm. but, you know, um, but in terms of RFAs, you have Ryan Pulak and Devin Tays, who are um, both, who are both, like, the most promising defensemen that they have, I mean, I guess other than Do- Noah Dobson, but, um, yeah, so, so that, uh, I would imagine they're going to try to sign Ryan Pulak relatively soon, especially, um, and then as for the goalies, like they don't necessarily need to keep Thomas Grice, um, just because they have Elias Sororkin who yep. should help them a lot. Um, like, like if you thought Varlamov was good, like watch out for Sorokin if he's as good as people are expecting him to be, uh, considering like Sorokin has like all the KHL goalie records or something like that. So... Um, so that's something to look forward to for the Islanders. Um, yeah, and I, I guess it's like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where they were, you know, all throughout this playoffs, they were talked about as being like a boring team, but if you're winning, you know, you don't have to worry about that. And, um, like as long as you're winning, you, you can do that, but maybe they, they, uh, overextended their, you know, um, or they exceeded too much expectations but um but I don't know like it wouldn't surprise me if they all of a sudden just missed the playoffs next year I guess um but at the same time it's like maybe they do make some moves to um to make a run in the fir- in the future yeah and I think the task for the Islanders right now is well first of all let's let's start with what they did right yeah. They made huge strides, first of all. They're winning again in a year where they're in a stacked division where Pittsburgh is still good and Philly seems to be improving and Columbus is a hardworking team and, you know, New Jersey is slowly on the up and up and you also have the Rangers who have Panarin and, and Adam Fox and Jacob Truba now in the fold and Washington and Pittsburgh are still good. And, you know, like I said, uh, Carolina is also a team on the rise. Maybe I mentioned them already. But they're yeah. in a very tough division, and they're probably thinking, well, 
this team hasn't really changed all that much. Like, they're not going to repeat what they did last year. And yet they still continue to win um, to start the season. The first 20 to 30 games, they exceeded expectations. Um, their fan base is engaged, which is great. That's something they struggled with uh, during the John Tavares years. Um, and just overall, a team in every sense of the word. handful of good prospects waiting on the wings. A team that's building credibility in more ways than one. People are believing in this vision. Players want to win here. Andy Green was um, willing to go to the Islanders, and he was willing to accept the trade to a place where he thought he had a legit chance of winning. He believed in this vision um, even before the playoffs started. And it starts with the organization as a whole. It starts with Lou Lamorello, starts with Barry Trotz and Mitch Korn building on that vision and having people buy in and believe into that vision. And they've done a heck of a job with that. Right. And the problem is after they made the conference finals in 1993, in a couple of years, it all came crashing down and they struggled to achieve positive consistency. And that is something they can't afford to let happen moving forward. And the 2017, 18 senators will tell you how easy it is to go from a final four team to a team that's not going to the playoffs by a long shot. So the question is, how do they improve upon what they have and who do they keep around? Matt Barzell, you mentioned uh, big UFAs, Brett. Out of the four forwards, he's the biggest of them all. And Brian Pulak and Devin Taves are both key RFAs. Oh, I missed that. Both I <laughs> are eligible for arbitration as well. Um, but, um, but, but yeah, like those three big names are going to cost a lot of money. I so, missed that Barzal was uh, RFA. Yeah, that is a big name. <laughs> yeah, a very big name, and probably yeah. gonna out of be out of those three, the guy who gets the most money. Of course, but Kulak yeah. and Taves will probably get a fair amount, and they're eligible for arbitration. So yeah. um, that's key to note. Barzal is not, but those other two are. Yeah. Um, either way, you have character guys like Derek Broussard and Matt Martin, um, who provided solid depth scoring for them in the playoffs. You also have Tom Kunackle, who's a free agent. Thomas Grice, you mentioned Brett with Soroka in the picture. He's probably gone as well. Varlamov on the roster for another three years. Andy Green, a great depth defenseman for them, can shut down opposing attacks. Um, also captain the New Jersey Devils for many years. Someone who provides experience like Johnny Boychuk does as well. Uh, what's going to be the future of those guys? I believe Boychuk is under contract uh, heading into next year, but Green is not. Um, it would not surprise me if they bring both back on cheaper deals. Um, but again, it all depends on what's in the cards. They're going to focus more on Pulak and Taves and Barzell before focusing on anything else, because that is where the future of the franchise lies. Yep. Um, and you also have guys like Noah Dobson that are going to be NHL ready. So how does that affect the future of Andy Green, the future of Johnny Boychuk? Because um, I think Barzell could be a top six guy as soon as next year. Yeah. So that's where Lula Morello needs to make cautious decisions where you can't let your heart outweigh the mind every single time. Because, um, again, the same team the very next year doesn't always replicate the success uh, that the previous team did because the other teams are going to get better. And mm -hmm. if you don't get better with them, um, you're, you're doomed to potential failure. 
or you're at risk potential failure. And you look at the Carolina Hurricanes, yeah, they missed out on um, like the second round stage, but you know what they did? They added depth to their defense and they went out and got Vincent Trocheck for the Florida Panthers. So they made moves to get better. It just didn't work out for them, but they made moves to get better. The Islanders are going to have to do the same. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, okay. Uh, so now we go to the actual Stanley Cup playoffs here. Um, and uh, so that's, of course, the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I guess we'll... So we're recording this on Sunday, and there is a... You know, I guess they're doing it... They're doing it in a weird way that they're doing it back to back on Friday. I don't know if you and Friday and Saturday because I guess they want another Saturday night game, which is interesting. Um, but there was game one last night on Saturday, so I'm I guess, guessing they probably what they don't want is to have the cup in football. the building on the Sunday where probably every American is going to be focused on NFL football. True. So they probably, if they're going up for an elimination game, they want to make sure all eyes are on that game and not the what some people call the no fun league. Right. No, I get, I get that. I yeah, I mean that's probably what they were doing. Um, but at the same time, it's just weird to have a back to back in the Stanley Cup Finals. Like I can understand it from like previous rounds, but to have a back to back on in a Stanley Cup Finals makes no sense to me. Yeah. But I do understand it from, like, like a... There there have been, like, previous series in the Finals where you play on, like, say, I don't know, Tuesday, you get Wednesday, Thursday off, and then you get Friday, and part of that is probably, like, the travel in between. Right. But, like, still, it's it's very rare that you would see a back-to-back in the Finals. In fact, this might be the only time we see it. Yeah, right. I know. And I mean, and also it's like, you know, t- tomorrow on Monday, game two is going to be at the same time as Monday Night Football. They don't play yeah. on Thursday, so there's no uh, worry there. And I guess they also have to worry about the, the basketball finals as well. So right. <laughs> that are yeah. coming up too. So so maybe there is something to that. I, I'm sure there is. But um, anyways, it just <laughs> struck me as odd that like, oh, there's a back-to-back that that shouldn't be the case. Um, anyways, um, so yeah, I it's it's interesting because these are two teams that have kind of like during the re- like I feel like the regular season is such so different from the bubble, um, whereas like both Tampa and Dallas were a little bit underwhelming compared to what we were expecting them to be um, in the regular season. Uh, Tampa, like, they had just come off of that, like, record-breaking regular season, and then they get swept in the playoffs. Um, and then this year, they do pretty well to their credit, but they, you know, they, it doesn't look as impressive knowing what we know about them um, in the previous playoffs. So you're hard to get excited about them, but then during the bubble playoffs, they kind of, uh, they really got going, and uh, they, um, you know, they're uh, their Vasilevsky was standing on his head. Braden Point was scoring. Uh, Kucherov's been been huge as well. Um, and they're you know they're even like addressing guys like Blake uh, Coleman, depth guys like Blake Coleman and 
Um, Andre Palat have been uh, phenomenal. Um, you know, a couple, uh, even like Victor Hedman's also been pretty good. I guess he counts as a depth guy. Um, so they all... And like Zach Bogosian, who's Zach Bogosian, pulled off like yeah. some crazy, crazy stuff in the playoffs. Like he's like a second or third pairing defenseman. Like what a luxury yeah. to have. Exactly. So Luke Shen too, former top five pick, he's on there. But all this to say is that like, you know, the Lightning have been... Like, they addressed their depth issues, and they got tougher. They brought in Blake Coleman. They brought in, um, what's his name, Patrick Maroon. They brought in uh, Barclay Goudreau. Um, and those are all guys that are, like, they can score or they can do stuff, but they can also, like, be intimidating and stuff like that. So um, so that was, like, a big move from them. Um and what's even more impressive is the fact that they don't even have Steven Stamkos, who's, like, arguably their best player. Um, and, uh, and so they, they, have, they don't even have him in the, the lineup, and he's their captain as well. So it's just, just a crazy situation where they're, they're, like, they're showing what they were in the regular season, and this is what we were expecting of them to be. Um, and then on the other end... We have the Dallas Stars, um, where they, it's kind of like, it reminds me a little bit of the St. Louis Blues, because in the regular season, they fired their coach, uh, Jim Montgomery, after they were in the playoffs. They were even, I think they were, no, they, they were in the second round of, they lost to the Blues in the second round, um, and... Yeah, the, double OT of yeah. game seven, so like, they were very close. Exactly. Yeah, they were so close to beating uh, St. Louis, and that was the series where Bishop was standing on his head, and everyone, everyone else on the ice wasn't doing so well. Um, and the guy who else. scored the game winner is playing on the Tampa Bay Lightning, right. Patrick Maroon. That's a good point too. Um, and yeah, so then all of a sudden, like midway through, they fire their coach, Jim Montgomery. Uh, like I guess like had to turn himself in for rehab or something like that. Yeah, it, it was unclear, it was but... um it was uh, later found out that it was like um alcohol related yeah. and like the stars were they started off 17 and 1 but like they quickly turned it around and they yeah. were on quite this roll and it just like out of the blue oh he's gone. Right, right. Um and then Rick Bonus takes over and I mean we've talked about this before uh where uh, like he's kind of been a journeyman all throughout um, his career where he had, you know, he was on Winnipeg, then he was coaching for Winnipeg, then he was coaching for the Bruins, then he was coaching. He was coaching in this league before I was alive. Yeah, before, like, the last time, I was telling this to Steve last night, the last time, uh, okay, I should rephrase this, Rick Bonuses has only been to the playoffs twice as a coach um in his career and yeah. the last time was my birth birth year year because i was born in 1991 his playoffs was in 1992 so that that season um and um so and that was for the bruins <laughs> and he made the playoffs Made it to the conference finals, which was crazy too. And I guess I didn't yep. realize it, but he he got fired. I guess the next 
um, thereafter. And then he plays, for, and then he coaches for your Ottawa Senators when they're just starting up. Um, and I, I will pref I will preface this. I'm sure Rick Bonus did his best. The word suck doesn't begin to describe how bad the yeah. Sens were in their early years. There's not much you could do. Yeah, that, that's a good point. It's like you think of the uh, the Senate, you think of the um, the Detroit Red, Red Wings right now, you think they're bad, like the Ottawa Senators were even worse. They were next yeah. level bad, like the yeah. Sharks in their early years, uh, their first season was pretty bad as yeah. well. Uh, the Capitals, one of their first seasons was terrible as yeah. well. And then, and then he he coaches for the Islanders, and then uh, and then he coaches for two seasons. He he doesn't do well there, um, and then it takes him a while. Then he coaches in Phoenix, um, and he only got twenty games there. Um, yeah, I think he was. I think he was interim for that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think he was technically that coach. But like, even still, it's like yeah, it just was unfair. Um, and then, and then, like, so, like, 20 years, basically, after, um, after he coaches the Islanders, um, he gets this Dallas coaching job now, and all of a sudden, he actually had a pretty good a regular season with them. Um, he went 20 and 13 and 5, so that's not too bad, um, and that's by far the best um, that they've done, um, uh, or that he's done as a coach, but it's just like, you know, after reading all this stats about him, I was like, oh, okay, I, there, even more of a reason to, to root for the stars, because, like, that's the epitome of, like, perseverance, basically. Um, anyways, back to the team, uh, you have, um, you know, the, so they they start to roll on because of Rick Bonus and um, and then you get into the bubble and I remember they were starting to lose a lot of the streaks to the point where I thought they were gonna be out in the first round um, to the Calgary Flames, but it turns out that that didn't happen. Um, and then I started to become a fan. <laughs> um, that was when I started to realize like, oh, they're actually like scoring. Um, and all of a sudden, guys like Miro Heiskanen start scoring. Denny Garyanov scores. Um, there's this guy named uh, Joel Kiviranta scores. Yeah. You know, gets going. Um, yeah, Garyanov. You'll know his name by the end of the playoffs, don't worry. Of course. Yeah, I don't think I even pronounced that right. Um, <laughs> Joe Pavaleski um, has got it going even though he had a bad regular season uh, for his standards. Um, and all of a sudden, like, Jamie Benn starts scoring again because that was a big thing, too. Um, if you remember, I think it was last year when the owner or the CEO of the Stars mentioned that Sagan and Ben were full of... It was, of Dece it was December 2018. Yeah. December 2018, oh, 2018 when so that, that happened. Two, two seasons ago, yeah. Um, where Ben and Sagan, like... The, the CEO calls out they're, 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 they're horse manure publicly. Yeah, they're horse manure, it. yeah. Yeah, um, that's the PG term. Basically, yeah. He doesn't say horse manure. Um, yeah. He also throws an F-bomb before he says that word. <laughs> yes, that too. Um, <laughs> and 
So, like, at that point, you're like, okay, that's true. That Sagan and Ben haven't been as good as um, as they're expecting them to be. But at the same time, like, Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin were both phenomenal um, during the regular season the past two years. Um, so, so they ever since that point, um, I'm going all over the place, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I felt like, so they had a coach in Lindy Ruff, who was, like, very offensive, and that's when you really saw what Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan were capable of. Um, and then you get Jim Montgomery, which is purely defensive and stuff, and that's when you see what, like, Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin are truly capable of. And now you have this new guy, Rick Bonus, and he, I mean, Sagan still has, hasn't been um, as good as we expected him to be, but... Like, I feel like now we get to see the combination of Lindy Ruff's offense and Jim Montgomery's defense. Because Kadobin has been, uh, like, standing on his head multiple times um, because, like, of how Vegas has just been shooting at him. Um, and it just, he's been a brick wall, basically. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, so that's basically the consensus of, of the two teams. Um and now I, I, I feel like I feel like if there's one word to describe the stars, Brett, it's perseverance. Because yeah. like Pavelski waiting a long time, Udobin being a journeyman, um, Sagan and Ben, like you mentioned, uh, the headlines they were in as well. I didn't even mention Radulov. Yeah, Radulov as well. He's he's John bounced Thingberg. around um, Nashville. That didn't turn out well yeah. for him as well. Um, not getting um, the money that he wanted in Montreal as well, but. Uh, Andre Sequeira injury pro- uh, problems before just coming here on a discount deal. John uh, Klingberg, uh, same thing. Yeah, Joe Pavelski. Uh, yeah. John, John Klingberg's another one where he's he kind of had a down year or an inconsistent year, and now he's he's doing really well now. Miro Heiskanen. I mean, he's a rookie. He's he's probably the only one that. Guri um, Nenov, I yeah. think, was like a Calder Cup healthy scratch right. a couple of years ago as well. So, like, even he, um, every person yeah. on that team has probably overcome through a lot, not just brick bonus. Yeah. And, and now they're here. I remember. And it's just um, incredible to see. I remember, speaking of Gary Nenov, I remember during that 2015 spot uh, draft, I remember it vividly because that's when the Bruins really messed up. But I remember. When the stars drafted Kirganov, everyone was wondering, like, what? Who's who's this guy? Um, and I was getting excited because I was like, oh, Matthew Barzal's on the table, Kyle Connor's on the table, and all this stuff. And then, of course, the Bruins uh, fudged that up. But I was like, <laughs> you could the similar thing could be could have been said for Dallas, where they really reached for uh, Kirganov, um, and um, and it's kind of paid off so far. So. Um, I mean, I'm sure you would, like, Barzal and Connor will have a better career than Garyanov, but um, at the same time, it's like Garyanov has pulled through in the playoffs uh, right now. And has yeah, and, gone and, even there, and there's another thing that I noticed particularly about Garyanov. It's he's got a secret release. You know, yeah. like, Ovechkin has his patented uh, shot from the office where it's like left circle and just give it to him and he one times it past the goalie, he never fails. His is from the right circle. Yeah. And there have been a couple of times in the playoffs where he's scored from the right circle and he just one times that sucker and it goes in the net. 
Yeah. So that's something uh, that Tampa is going to have to try to defend against because it's worked for him a couple times. Yeah. So that takes us to our game one uh, recap here. Uh, so the first goal, um, I hand up. I don't think anyone. I've never even heard of this guy um, who scored the first goal of the Stanley Cup Finals. Which it's is, 2020, so yes, it makes total sense. Of course. Uh, Joel Hanley scores. Not, um, not uh, what's his name, Thomas Harley, um, who was the Stars draft pick this year. But um, anyway, so Joel Hanley gets things going. He scores uh, first. Uh, then Yanni Gord scores, and I was thinking, like, okay, this is going to be a tight battle now. Um, then all of a sudden, this is another unheard of player, Jamie Oleksiak scores again. Um, he gets like a breakaway type play, and uh, that was that was a nice goal there. Uh, yeah, just casually scores like five goals in 22 playoff games, no big deal. Yeah, and it's like, it's crazy because ever since he's been, um, he's been good for like, you know, he's usually known as like a shutdown defenseman just fine but um it's weird to see him score it's just like okay um yeah like score more goals than Tyler Sagan that's pretty tough to do yeah um although I guess a lot of players have scored more than Tyler this playoffs um but it just goes to show you like how good this team is like they they have goals coming from like a bunch of different sources and that's what you need in the playoffs true uh Joel Kivaranta scores again from a deflection um, and then Jamie Dickinson, J- Jamie Dickinson, Jason Dickinson gets uh, an empty netter goal, um, and that was that for for Dallas. Um, yeah, this was one that, of those. That third period, though, that yeah. third period, if Tampa plays like that, Dallas could be in for a rough one. Like this True. is how. Yeah. This is how one sided the third period was. Yeah. Tampa out hit Dallas seventeen to four, outshot Dallas twenty two to two and had three chances to score with the power play. Dallas had zero power play chances in that third period. The Stars gave up zero goals in that third period, killed off all three penalties, and blocked 16 shots in that third period. Tampa didn't block a single shot in period three. Dallas blocked 16. And somehow Dallas outscores them 1-0 in the third period to seal the deal. Like, you, you can't script that. Like, that's just how Dallas has won hockey games. It hasn't been pretty at times, but they've done it. Yeah, for sure. That that is a good point. That well, it kind of reminds me a lot of like the Vegas series where they're just Tampa's just shooting it and it's just not going in. But you're right; they do they do have a better chance of it than uh, Vegas does. Um, so that leads us to our predictions here. Oh, another thing that's kind of crazy about Dallas. Um, yeah is that like they've they've been they've been this successful and they I mean I guess you can make an argument for these two players but their two best players aren't performing to what they're expected of and to be fair I'm I'm talking about Sagan Tyler Sagan um and uh Ben Bishop and to be fair to Bishop he is injured so um even if you were playing we don't know um how he's doing but like it's just incredible to think that like they don't have their top score in Tyler Sagan, um, or you know if if he's healthy or not. But um, <laughs> but they also don't have their starting goaltender. Uh, so it's just it's just crazy. Um, 
just this run that they've had. Um, and now there are three. And, and again, three all games the more reason why like you need to have a solid cup. backup behind yeah. your starter, right? Yeah, that's true. And it, like you know, if you look at Dallas's stats, comparing Kadobin to Bishop, like Bishop had a nine twenty save percentage, um, and a GAA of two point five, which is good. Um, but Anton Kudobin has, um, and you know, he's uh, Bishop's played more games, but. Even still, like uh, Kudobin in thirty games has a nine uh, a a nine thirty save percentage and a GA of two point two two. So that's um, I feel like he's better. Craig Anderson, like a late bloomer, yes. but like he's really gotten his game together. Right, right, right. Uh, that's a good point. Um, so yeah, um, I guess um, yeah. Now we get to our predictions here. Um, yeah, do you want to start things off? Yeah, sure. Um, you, you look at Dallas, they were on the brink versus Colorado in Game 7, fought through that decisive game, forced overtime, they won this time. Um, you, like we mentioned, in 2019, St. Louis beat Dallas by the skin of their teeth in double OT, and then they go to the finals, they're in a seven-game marathon with Boston, and they win. And... I think this year we're going to see a game seven in the finals, and um, I, I'm going against Tampa. Um, uh, I just think Dallas, they, they just have that vibe like they're not going to be denied and nothing's going to get in their way. And yeah. it's it, it's going to get, they're going to get some lucky bounces, um, but they've just been a very opportunistic team. And just the way Hudobin's playing, I'm taking the Dallas Stars in seven games. Um, well. They, they just seem like a team of destiny to me. That's that's interesting because I was going to yeah. go with the shocking value too because because uh, here's here's the thing like Tampa like Tampa is very good on offense. Vasilevsky has been phenomenal as well, but other than the Boston series, he hasn't really been tested at all. Um, mm-hmm. And um, and. It, Whereas when you think about Dallas, it's like, yeah, they almost lost to this third string goalie of, that Colorado brought out. And, uh, yeah, they, um, and like, they also beat like a Calgary team that didn't have their best player in Matthew Kachuk. And yeah, like, but they also, and they also like, but then like they go on and beat Vegas um, when, uh, like Vegas just is shooting the ever living crap out of the the puck. And yeah, and, and they go to overtime yeah. twice against yeah. Vegas. It's they just, take two shots and they score in both. So it's like, it's like yeah, it like they should have lost like they like the regular season. If this was right, um, if this playoffs started right when. Um, like in Mar- like in April when it was supposed to and all that stuff, I don't think Dallas would have made it this far, but yeah. I think there was something to like just regrouping and figuring it out. And they are a good team. It's just people forget about it because they ended so poorly. So, um, yeah, and I think, so this is actually what probably the toughest team that Tampa's going to face. Um, not to mention that I think... Um, uh, Braden points injured, um, or he's like he's been in and out of the lineup every now and then, or he's yeah. questionable. 
Uh, so that's going to be a big effect for them. Um, and I, I think like Kucherov may be dealing with some injuries as well. So, um, so that's also something to keep in mind. But I mean, of course, you still have to worry about Victor Hedman um, and, and all that guy. But it's certainly a lot easier when you don't have to worry about Braden Point um, if he's not playing. So I'm, I, I, would, <laughs> I thought the bigger shock was going to be the, that I was going to go with Dallas, the Dallas Stars as well. But I'm going to say Dallas Stars in six. I'm not. I don't think they're gonna. And you're gonna say Dallas was gonna sweep the damn thing. Oh no! Well, I mean, it's certainly possible, but um, no, no. I'm I'm going with Dallas and six. Where I don't think it's going to go seven. Um, of course, I may I may be wrong, and I'm going out on a limb here. But yeah, just from what I've seen out of Dallas, they they've been uh, very impressive, and um, and I mean, like, it could just very easily be Tampa and five and. But I mean, I'm I'm going with my gut here, so um, we'll see. All all I ask is, if it goes seven games, please just give us at least one overtime of hockey. Yeah. Like I want to see Game Seven overtime with the cup on the line. Oh, that'd be fun. That, and also, that would be so fun. The interesting, um, the funny thing about the cup is that it's in the building, but it's on like the rafters or raised up, so they're literally like it reminds me of. Uh, this may be the first WWE reference on in our podcast in history, <laughs> but it reminded me of those like ladder matches where the like the belts on like a uh, up high to the rafters and all the wrestlers have to like climb the ladder and stuff like that. So it reminded me of that where they're literally playing that, for that trophy. That's that, up that above. is a huge unintentional motivational tool yeah. because like how can you? ask for more inspiration than that like if you're just like completely gassed yeah. and you just look at the cup in the stands and you're reminded of what you're playing for right it might allow you to just get that one extra shot or that one extra hit or make that one key block that potentially turns the tides in your team's favor and this this could unintentionally like inspire some like gigantic playoff hockey like not that not doing this before like everyone is going to be playing passionate hockey no matter what, but just to like have that physical evidence in the building for the world to see for all the players and the coaches to see all the coach has to do is say, see that that's what you're playing for. Yeah. That's what we're trying to win. Right. right, right. And it could just instantly fire a team up like down three goals. Like what, what more could you ask for to like hype up your team than just point at the trophy that's in the stands? Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, okay. Um, and then, um, oh, another thing is that, um, just some other storylines here. Uh, Blake Holman's from Dallas, uh, from Texas. So either way, Dallas wins. Um, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Um, this it might that's be just a- like saying, oh yeah, a member of the Dallas Stars in 1999 was from Buffalo. So even... Despite that controversial goal, we still won, right? Well, okay, fair, but like there aren't too many, like especially southern states, there aren't too many players who who are like, other than like Austin Matthews and I guess Blake Coleman, who I didn't even realize was from Texas. It's like there aren't too many hockey players who play in the South or grew up in the South. So it's like, um, so it's kind of cool that like 
like either a, a team from the South will win. Although I guess Tampa is also in the South, so a team in the South will win, or um, a team in the South will win, or a player from the South will win. Um, also, I'm pretty sure though. I think Brian Leach is from Texas. He might. Oh, that uh, might be a. Uh, yeah, I'll I'm. I'm, I'm uh, Google searching right now, but I'm pretty sure I yeah, saw he's from Texas. Texas. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, Corpus Christi, Texas. Yep. Well, okay, but he didn't play the stars in the Stanley Cup. Um, <laughs> but he did play I mean, in the finals and he won. So. Yeah, yeah, true, true. I guess it's just like he could play, like, it's, you know, it's, he, I would imagine that he grew up being like a stars fan um, because, it, like, the timeline works out that way. Um, yeah, like, so, I. So like, to add to your point, not too many like NHL players hail from Texas. Right, right, right. Okay, <laughs> point, point taken. Um, yeah. And also, speaking of where players are from, I think I, I may have to be double-checked on this, but I think this is the first Stanley Cup Finals that has two Russian goaltenders. Uh, both Kadobin and Vasilevsky are both Russian. I believe that's the first time in these finals that... Uh, there are two goalies that are Russian, um, but um, it's kind of interesting in, the, in that sense. The amount of Russian content probably is making Don Cherry cringe. Yeah, I'm sure, I bet, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, Don Cherry is no longer in the league, so... Uh, it's just care. like, it's 2020, deal with it. Yeah, we don't care what he thinks. Um, yeah, so... Um, and then our last question here now, um, I guess that, that's, uh, unless you can think of other storylines, um, we, we have our last question of like, who's going to win the con Smythe if the stars win or if Tampa wins? Um, let's go back to you here for that. Um, Interesting to note about Mira Iskin. Apparently, if he wins the con Smythe, it's going to trigger a, a bonus, hmm. which I believe is like one point six five million. So a pretty hefty bonus if he wins the con Smythe. So yeah. simply for that bonus, uh, be interesting to see Iskin and win it. Um, but I think we all know it's Udoman. Yeah, um, it like it. It's one thing for Iskin to play the way that he has, but like there have been games where like. If it's not for Anton Udobin alone, the Stars don't win. So I would have to give it to Anton Udobin if the Stars win. If uh, Tampa wins, I'll go Braden Point. Um, just the way he's performed in the playoffs, like not just – even if it doesn't lead to a goal, like there have been a lot of positive shifts that his line has had with uh, Palat and Kucherov um, that have really turned the tide in his team's favor. So – that tells me all I need to know, so um, I'd go with point if Tampa wins. Um, yeah, that, that's a good point. Good point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I totally meant to do that. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, for for Dallas, I agree with you. I think it's either, it's between Heiskanen or, um, or Kudobin. It's, I, I imagine, unless, like, Heiskanen, like, goes on like a scoring spree um in these series i think it's Kadobin. and you know uh, i mean if the stars align pun intended yeah i guess yeah, yeah. i mean I yeah I, I wouldn't be upset if high wins but i think it will probably go to 
Kudobin, um, just because he's been phenomenal. Um, as for the Lightning, yeah, it's... Well, so the thing is, is that Braden Point might be injured. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to go with Braden Point. I'm going to go with the boring choice here and just say Vasilevsky, because I feel like Vasilevsky has to be incredible. Um, and he has been incredible. He's been the best goaltender this so far. He hasn't even... Like, uh, Curtis McElhinney hasn't even needed, uh, hasn't even started or done anything. So, um, mm-hmm. so Vasilevsky would probably be my choice. Um, maybe Kucherov as well. That, that's another. There's also choice. Victor Hedman. Like, yeah, Hedman's like, a good one too. All the dude has been scoring lately. Uh, all the got all, basically all he's been doing is pointing the puck in the net. Like, he's got like nine playoff goals and like in the round robin, uh, stage it wasn't really doing all well, and he had like okay first round second yeah. round against boston dynamite third round against um islanders dynamite again and he's he's just continued to pile up the goals so i would probably say if it wasn't point it would probably be Edmund. but like, right. again just the fact that we listed off like a lot of names for tampa bay just goes to show you how talented they are well, I'm looking here, and Kucherov is leading the team in points with uh, 26, but Breedon Point has 25 points in less games, so yeah, um, so that they may cancel each other out too. That's that's also a possibility. Um, yeah. So, okay, that about does it for us here, um, and yeah, I I guess enjoy the the rest of hockey until it all goes down here. Uh, yeah, and and there there are there is uh, some important events uh, again yeah. to keep in mind. Obviously, there's um, the draft on the sixth and the seventh, the start of free agency on the ninth. There have been a lot of juicy headlines about like coaching and uh, changes yeah. and, and stuff like that. Coaching hires, uh, guys going to the free agent market. The Petrangelo stuff is heating up too that we'll yeah. talk about later. And this Monday, uh, the day that this podcast is going to be released. There's going to be a half-hour NHL awards show where the final five award winners will be revealed. So you have that to look forward to as well. That's certainly exciting for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. All right. That about does it here. Um, You can listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes and Spotify if you haven't already. Subscribe to us. Um, Our uh, Twitter is Lace Up Podcast. Our Facebook is Lace Them Up. That's about it. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. We'll talk again in episode 238 of the Lace Them Up podcast.